Fadia back on behind the gloves with another interview. I'm joined by the one and only David Diamante in Sheffield. David, how's Sheffield treating you, man? Man, I love this town. Yeah. Um, always a great time here. Uh, Steel City. And uh, it's a big fight night, man. First one in 2020. Should be really good. It's a stacked, stacked card right from the bottom table we saw today to the top table. Gotta speak about the top table first. The Ter Terry Harper Evil Wilson fight is probably my fighter than I looking at it from, from a perspective. Break that one down for me because a lot of fans might not catch the eye of that because they don't know either of the fighters. Tell them why they should tune in on Saturday. Well, this is, is a deceptively good card. There's a lot of fights on here that could be upsets, um, and that is one of them. So, Harper Ballstrom is a really interesting fight. Um, obviously, Harper's undefeated, uh, fighting out of Denneby, Doncaster, uh, Steffi Brook. Um, uh, you know, Steffi Bull, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I got killed Brooke here. So no, I thought, I thought, I thought. Yeah. So, um, but Steffi Bull, yeah. it, it's a really interesting fight. You know, as we heard Wallstrom say, she's been in the game as long as Terry Harper's been alive. You know, That's 23 crazy. Years, 23 years she's been boxing. Saturday night, she's making her sixth defense of her title. Um, she's from Helsinki, Finland, really good fighter. She only has one loss. Um, her loss was to Katie Taylor, but she moved up in weight for that. She, she fought Katie at lightweight. She, she usually campaigns to Super Feather. So she's usually, you know, 130, she went to 135. So I can't really hold that loss against her. She's a great fighter. It's a really interesting fight. Um, we're gonna really see where uh, Terry Harper's at. A lot of people are behind her. Uh, and Terry Harper's been really good, she's looking powerful. So we'll see if she can she can do it and, and finally get uh, the green belt. Looking forward to it. It's been an incredible story. I followed her from the third fight, I think, and to see her where she is now, it's, it's yeah. a mad story. Obviously, the main event of the night, Kelbrook against Mark DeLuca. Luke coming in fit ready, he looks very game as well. Is this Kel's last chance to prove himself at world level? So it's funny, you know, here we are in Sheffield, okay? And it's known as the Steel City. And Sheffield was once a top of the world in industry. You know, it was, it, was, it, was, it was the champion. And in the 70s and 80s, globalization, there was a real decline. Hit the city very hard. But like a great fighter, this city has reinvented itself and come back. And right now, it's one of the leading uh, cities in the UK for arts and culture. It's yeah. kind of a two-time champion. Yeah, just like I love the way that. I just love that like one of its favorite sons, Kel yeah. Brook. Yeah. He's trying to become a two-time champion. Um, and just like the city did it in a different division, you know, from 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 industry yeah. to arts and culture, he did it at Ten Stone Seven, one forty-seven. Now maybe it's a one fifty-four. Whatever, it doesn't really matter. He's trying to get back to where he once was. Yeah. You know, Kel Brook's one of those fighters that he's he's so tough, man. He takes all comers. Um, but boxing is a very thankless sport. It's like, what have you done for me lately? And, you know, it, he hasn't fought in 14 months. Yep. He didn't look that great against Zarafa. Although, again, Zarafa just had a great win over, over Horn. So, you know, there's these certain wins that, that Kel's had over the years that they start to look really good. Even against Sean, Sean Porter when he won his belt. I mean, look at Sean Porter right now. You know, Sean Porter uh, is really uh, done some really great, great things in the division. So, Kel Brook is a tough fighter. Uh, and, you know, losses against uh, Errol Spence and Triple G. I mean, it is what it is. So there were respectable losses as well. I mean, injuries from in both fights. Absolutely. But the question is, how much does he have left in the tank? So when you ask that question, is this really his last chance? Yeah. If he loses this, yeah, Hunt. Yes, I think then it's yeah. time to time to call it a day. And I, I think I think he knows that. I think that's why he said what he said. He says I'm flying right now because he's finally giving everything to the sport so he can look back and say, look, if it, if it didn't work out, at least I know I gave everything. I think he knows that. Mark DeLuca, 
he's once beaten, but that was a split decision loss, and he avenged that loss. Um, I, I announced that fight when he avenged it. I think it was against Walter Wright. Um, and then he came back, and, and he's, he's on, a, he's on a, a winning streak. So he's young, he's, he's ranked you know, uh, in the top 15 in the world. Um, he's a young, tough fighter. He's a, he's a Marine from Whitman, Massachusetts. Um, you know, he's a tough fighter, man. Um, but he's never fought on the level that Kel Brooks at. So we're gonna see. I mean, at the open workout, Kel looks he looks strong and northern, like a yeah. bottle of Hendos. Henderson's <laughs> Henderson, relish. Henderson relish. Strong, I saw you enjoy that yesterday. Did you like it? Strong and northern. Henderson relish, yeah, you fun of it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great. So so I so so Kel Brook, you know, he, he's looking strong and he's obviously northern. So we'll see. We'll see if I can get it done. It's good, it's a good fight. I like I like this fight card. You know, and, I, and there, there's a lot of other fights on the card I like too. I mean, I really like um, the Amparan Martin J. Ward fight. I think it's a really interesting fight. Um, we're not really sure which Martin J. Ward's going to show up. I know Jesus Amparan is here to win. Tough young fighter from uh, Sonora, Mexico, 23 years old. He's got a really nice left hook, really quick, really happy to take two or three shots to land one of his own. Um, just a, a consummate Mexican fighter. Um, you know, Paco always brings guys to, to fight. I mean, we saw him bring Tinoco and, and get that great win over Jordan Gill. Um, he just brought Tinoco to fight Cordina in Monaco. That was a really close fight, so I, I like that fight. I think it's a good fight. I love Galahad Marrero. Hell of a fight. Um, you know, obviously uh, Galahad, you know, came out on the on the losing end in, in, in Leeds uh, against Warrington. Um, he really wants to get back there. I don't think they're going to give him that fight. He's got to earn it, and that's what this fight is Saturday for him. But Marrero knows how how important the shot is. He's here to win. Tough Dominican from Santo Domingo. So I, he's a tricky fighter. Yeah, I've seen he's got knockout power as well. Hell yeah, yeah. this he's is got, a good fight, yeah, man. This is a good sure. fight. But, I'm getting excited. But Barry, but Barry, like Barry, lives and breathes this sport, and yeah. and I want him. I really want to see him. Uh, you know. Get, get get these honors. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. It's I think it's a great fight. I can't wait to see that fight. So a lot of good fights on the card. Moving forward, um, I just want to speak to you about the big heavyweight clash. Sure. Straight the one that's coming in yeah. early early Feb. Uh, sorry, early, end of Feb I should say. Yeah. Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder. Now Tyson said he's going for the knockout. He says a lot of things, but he said that and he said he's coming in at 270. Now I looked at him on a big picture he posted. He's looking quite thick set this fight. Do you think that's a clever way to go for him, to, given the fact that his boxing ability is the best in the division, uh, as a lot would argue. Uh, so, what your question's about is weight? Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's, uh, do you think it's right? I mean, I haven't seen him training. I have no idea. I don't know enough about him or his camp to know what weight he's good at. But all I can say about this fight is... Like, it, first of all, it's hard to reinvent, completely reinvent yourself. Um, in a short time. So, I mean, I think you kind of stick to, like, at a certain point, you kind of are who you are. Yeah. You know, um, even tra changing trainers. Like, at a certain point, I think a trainer, you can learn some new things, but really a, a new trainer kind of almost... Um, it's just a different motivator, yeah. maybe, because you're kind of the fighter you are. I mean, you can learn some new tricks, but you're going to be the fighter you, you are, especially once you get hit, you're going to go back to what you know. So, um, I don't know about this whole new technique. Um, I will say this, you know, Tyson Fury is a hell of a boxer, but he's got a really tough task because he has to fight a perfect 36 minutes, whereas Wilder only has to fight a perfect two seconds. So Wilder can lose every second of that fight, and then in you know with 258 in the in the 12th round, he can he can stretch somebody. So uh, 
that's that's he's got the great equalizer, right? He's got that he's got that huge power. So that's and that's what we saw against Ortiz. I mean, he lost every second of that fight. It wasn't even close. He didn't even throw a punch, basically. Yeah. The whole fight until he just timed Ortiz and chinned him. Seventh round. So, you know, if he decides to do that this time, it's just going to be interesting. I don't think if he fights that same fight, there's no way he'll win a decision against Fury because yeah. Fury outboxes him. But again, Fury has to pitch a shutout. Yeah. Um, sticking with the heavyweights as well, Dylan White and Andy Ruiz was in talks to be made. I don't think that's going to be made, obviously, with the comments that they've been throwing at each other on social media. Uh, just as a as a spectator and as a fan of of, of the heavyweights, who do you want to see Dylan face next? Because obviously he's had a very long wait and a frustrating wait for him. But who would you want to see him in the ring against next? Because he he has to get in. I, you know, I don't look. I'm a big fan of Dylan White. You know. Um, but uh, anyone, I mean, let's just see these guys be active and, yeah. and you know, whoever you, I mean, I would like to see the Ruiz fight, that'd be great, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Uh, but, you know, I think right now the real, the real talks are between AJ, Fury, and Wilder. I think those are the three top dogs in the division. Um, I think Ruiz, if he can get back in shape, could be in those discussions. Because he's still a dangerous fighter. I mean, again, this is great. It's a great showing of what I just said earlier about the Kel Brook fight, about what it's a boxing is a what have you done for me lately sport. I mean, Ruiz, you know, knocks out AJ last year, and everyone's like, oh my God, he's the boogeyman, right? And then obviously he comes into Saudi, overweight, doesn't have a great showing, and now no one's talking about it. But like, Ruiz is still there. He's the same fighter he was. He just gained a lot of weight. If he can get down, and if he can look good, He's going to be in those talks also. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, like uh, he, he won, he beat AJ in June, and with with coming in overweight, do you think it was necessary for him to split with Manny Robles, someone who's obviously been his coach his whole career and made him go to the point he was? Do you think that was a smart decision? Uh, again, Ruiz. I'm not on the inside of his camp, so I don't know, but I do know Manny, great guy. Um, they've obviously done incredible work with Andy. Um, so who knows what factors were at play? So it's hard for me to talk about something like that that I, I just don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. what's going on on the inside. But I mean, you know, with the weight, I mean that's just that's you gotta not eat like that. You can't you can't do that. Most definitely. Okay, you've excited me for Saturday night. It's I'm big. most definitely looking forward to it. Uh, one last message to the fight fans for why they need to definitely tune in Sky Sports Saturday night. Well, there's just all these great fights. I mean, look, you got the Doc who just knocks people out. I think Doc should be spelled D-O apostrophe K, like K-O'd backwards. Okay, he's I, like, not, he's, I like that. You like that? Yeah. He's knocking the people out. Yeah. We got the White Rhino or, or the real Gary Morrell or whoever you want to call. Are you going to announce all his uh, nicknames? We'll on see. We'll see. That, that is, that, that's, that's, that's why you should tune in. Yeah. <laughs> How will Dave Allen be announced? But, um, you know, I think he'll do the, do the business against Darch. Um, not, that, not to take away uh, from, from Dorian, but, um, you know, he's a little bit older right now. He's been kind of on a losing track. I think this yeah. is a good fight to get Dave on the winning track and kind of see where he still is. Um, I love Tomlinson Burt. I love that fight. I think it's a really, really good fight. Um, it's an eliminator for the British and the Commonwealth. Um, that's going to be an exciting fight. And then all the other ones that we talked about, the Martin J. Ward Amparan, it's a surreal fight. That's a real fight for Martin J. Ward. Um, Marrero and Galahad, Harper, Valchek, obviously Kelbrook and DeLuca. It's just a really nice fight card. I think it's deceptively good. Um, I think if you're not a real fan, you kind of don't know some of these names, you're like, oh, what's this card? But if you look at it, there could be a lot of upsets on the horizon on Saturday night. I'm most looking forward to seeing you uh, and I'll stay Valen's name. I can't yes. wait. David, thank you for your time again. I always you got it. The fight thank starts now. That's it. Thank All you. Right. 
Hey, Fight fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking the icon right here and also hit the bell button so that you can get alerts every time we upload a new video. This is Andy Proff, Boxing Social, in association with Betfred. I'm be joined by Jordan Gale here in Sheffield. Jordan, firstly, how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Good mate, good. Obviously, good to hear you doing well yourself. Now, obviously, I know you're not on this card, but how come you've decided to venture up to Sheffield today? Oh, we're always in Sheffield. I train here uh, Monday to Friday, and um, I'm only back at back at home on the weekends. Obviously, I know you did uh, an in-depth interview with my colleague Rob a few weeks ago now, talking about your time away from sport because of your thyroid issue. Just talk to me about the recovery process now. How's everything been going? Oh, it's been a long, long, hard process. A lot of uh, changes that my body's been going through. And uh, like I don't fully understand it myself, but the uh, the, the disease was also immune disease, so it's hereditary and can be triggered at any time. So like there's loads of autoimmune diseases like Crohn's disease. There's um, like celiac. So my sister's actually celiac because it runs in a family. Um, so yeah, it got triggered and um, I was actually diagnosed with subacute painless thyroiditis and I can't spell it because I can just about say it and uh, what it meant was there's loads of toxins in my thyroid gland um, so my brain sent signals to destroy the gland so it went attacked it and it was overactive and it's uh, dropped underactive and it's finally leveled out but it's been a long process I'm on no medication um, and I'm feeling good in the gym all my, all my levels are correct and I'm firing all cylinders now What's it been like for you trying to manage the fact that you're just coming back from the from the, the thyroid issue to trying to balance how much you can actually work in the gym and what you can do? How have you found the balance? Yeah, it's been tough um, mentally and physically because um, if anybody knows me, they know that I'm a gym rat and they know that I love to train and I live for boxing because I know I've de dedicated my whole life to it. And... Um, this this time that I've had out the gym because whilst I was overactive my heart, my heart rate was so high um, I was advised not to train because obviously it can have heart failure I was doing when I didn't know about the disease I was doing 10 rounds of sparring every single round my, my heart rate was going past 220 beats per minute so you know they said it's not safe you could drop dead and um, you know you live and you learn so I stopped training I hadn't trained for about two and a half months so it's the longest I've not trained for not stepped in not stepped foot in a boxing gym since I've been four years old uh, two and a half months so it's really hard um, and like you say when 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 you come back after so long off then you're not going to be in a good position you, you're not going to be fit you're probably going to be heavier um, so it's about building up and uh, not taking things too quickly um, and I feel like I've got into a good position quite quickly and um, my weight's pretty good uh, I've got I've got the best treatment possibly possible I went private I didn't wait on the NHS um, I've got I've got the best nutritionist in the business Scott Robinson um, we, we we found the the correct specialist um, in Milton Keynes uh, straight away the best man in the country um, we, I've got a great team around me and we've got the best medical advice possible so you know at the same time now I'm, I'm all better I've still got that great team around me and we're building quick how long do you think it will be until we see you back in the ring then? What's the plan? Well, I've been told that I'm having an eight-round fight um, to get back in after this uh, ordeal. Um, and they're going to say uh, either 27th or 28th of March. So end of March, I'll be in the ring um, and then straight into camp and straight into a big fight in June. Now let's get on to this card as well because obviously we're here in Sheffield. What are your thoughts on Brooke DeLuca? Cal hasn't fought for 14 months now. Are you expecting to see the ring rust at least early on? Um, do you know what? I don't, I, I don't think so. From what I've seen, um, I think Kel looks in great shape and 
this, the, the difference is he's looked in good shape for a long time. It's not like he's crashed it off. I think I've seen him in December and he looks in really good nick then. So, you know, he's, he's been training hard for a while. I think this has probably been a long time coming. He's been sitting around twiddling his thumbs all, all of 2019 and he's, uh, he really wants this big fight. He looks like he's got a lot of ambition at the moment and uh, like he, he really wants this fight. And I haven't seen much of De Luca, but from what I've heard, he's a, he's a game fighter and it's going to be a hard fight for him. So um, these are the sort of fights uh, that get Kel up for it. And he is a little bit like Billy Joe Saunders, where if he hasn't got that fear in him, then he doesn't really turn up 100%. And nine times out of 10, if he, even if he's not 100%, he'll knock everyone out. But um, I think he knows now that he's got a world title left in him and he needs to get past this guy. Obviously, if you don't win this comeback fight, then you're not going to get a world title shot. So I expect him to go out and do a really good job on, on DeLuca. There's also been a lot of talk about Kel's future. Eddie and Kelly himself said they want to try and manoeuvre towards world titles. Nobody in the 154 division has really like put a stamp on the world titles, kind of being changed between different fighters. In your opinion, though, would you rather see Cole chasing the 154 titles or would you like to see that Amir Khan fight that's been talked about for so long? Do you know what? It's got to the point now I don't really care about the Amir Khan fight. Um, they've been talking for it about 15 years now. Um, I remember years and years ago they were talking about it. So for me, it's lost all interest. And like I've seen Khan recently and he's not you know, lit the world up, has he? Uh, being honest. So, you know, I don't think... I, I, at any point, I don't think... Khan would have beaten Kel and that's just my opinion I think Kel punches too hard and he's too accurate not to hit him for 12 rounds and as soon as he does it is a good night so I'm not interested in that fight at all um, I think he's dead in the water now and I'd love to see Kel win a world title because I think he I think he can I really do and Kid Galad in the final eliminator as well what do you expect to see from Kid Galad on Saturday night I think um, he obviously he's in the same position where he knows this fight is the last fight and he's going to get another crack at that um, IBF world title. Um, a lot of people don't realise how strong Kid Galad is. is I, I expect him to um, impose his authority from, from an early early uh, rounds, and um, I expect him to get get Marrero out probably middle rounds, maybe six or seven rounds. Um, and I, the reason why is, is he's a very big featherweight, uh, very physically strong. Marrero um, hasn't got that that physical strength. He's strong, he can bang, but it, there's there's levels in boxing. I think um, Galahad's at, at a high level, and um, I've seen Marrero before. I think it's against Diaz, and um, he was winning the fight. He's a nice boxer, very cute, nice and slick. But um, as soon as he got clocked, um, he, he hit the floor, and and he could have got up, and he didn't. He quit. Um, so like, it's, it's hard to say he quit. He didn't fancy it. Um, so I think I think Galahad wins inside the distance. A couple of quick things. I just want to get your thoughts on before I do let you go and probably have your own day and enjoy it. Last week, a good friend of yours, Anthony Sims Jr., fell short in his bout against Angulo. What was your thoughts on it? Do you know what? I've still not seen the fight. Um, I've caught up on the rest of the card. I've watched Danny Roman um, against the, the monster Usyk. Ask him Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, I was trying to say uh, Uzbek. Um, and I've watched um, Andrade. Um, but I've not seen Anthony Sims Jr. yet and uh, it's a real shame because I really thought obviously, obviously like one, one loss doesn't mean anything really um, it's how you come back from it and, and hopefully he does come back from it but that was his big chance to step up uh, his first title fight 
and you know he fell short and I, um, from what I've heard obviously I can't say too much because I've not seen the fight but from what I've heard he had all the ability in the world and uh, had all the moves to, to pull off the win but didn't actually throw enough and I think to be honest like as much as I like him there's no excuse for not not putting putting the output in and finally we're about two weeks away and I say two weeks about a week and a half or something is it no, two and a half weeks. That's one. Two and a half weeks now from Wilder Fury two. What are your thoughts on your Jordan? Break it down for me. I don't know. You know, this is uh, heavyweight boxing. Anything can happen, and um, I'm looking forward to it. Though. I think, I think it's a great fight. The first fight was a great fight. It was drama. Obviously, Wilder was up and uh, Fury was up and down off the floor, and uh, it was a thrilling last round. Um, he was he was out boxing Wilder for the most part, uh, winning pretty clearly um, almost every round. I think he'd done enough to win the, win the first fight, uh, despite it being a draw. Um, but, you know, anything can happen, can't it? I don't, I don't really know. Um, I, if, if I had to pick someone, I'd probably pick Wilder, as, as good as Fury was in the first fight. Um, I hope he wins, because obviously he's British, and you always back the Brit no matter what. Um, but what it's to me it seemed like Wilder was unsure and I think uh, Fury got in his head in the first fight and was uh, calling him about tricking him and, and it seemed like for the first time in his career Wilder was doubting whether he had the power to, to hurt the Gypsy King because he's like all elusive and, and, and give it the big and like he does and um, eventually obviously Wilder got to him and hurt him and, and didn't finish him but so maybe I think Wilder might start with a bit more urgency this time I think he might let his hands go a little bit more because he knows if he lands the guy's going down and um, I think I expect when he goes down uh, I fully expect Tyson Fury to get up but I think maybe Wilder should pounce on him um, a bit quicker this time but like I said who knows well Jordan who knows indeed and we will leave it there I appreciate your time as always I'll catch up with you soon thank you for speaking to Boxing Social appreciate it Everybody back on Behind the Gloves with another interview. I'm very glad to be joined by Dominic Ingle here at Bramall Lane. Just had the press conference for Kel Brook. Let's get straight to the point. If Kel doesn't do it in fashion, is it time for him to call it? Of course it is. You know, he's 33 years old and this boxing game is, is, is a sport for the young guns. Yeah. You know, um, Kel's 33. He's relatively old in boxing. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's, he's had lots of injuries uh, through his career, two fractured eye sockets, his leg nearly chopped off and dead. So, you know, he's, he survived a lot. Yeah. So you've you got to be careful at this stage. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see. The performance on Saturday will tell us where we're going with Kel. Have you had to tweak anything with him since he's come back? Obviously, sometimes they may pick up different things. Is there anything specific that you've had to tweak? Have you heard, have you heard the, the saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks? 100% I've heard. Well, that's the case. Yep. You, know, you, you can't, you can't. You know, his age, he knows what he's doing. Um, what makes most improvements for boxers after certain ages, how they live their life, how they keep on it. You know, look at the fighters like me with uh, Bernard Hopkins, you know, fighting into 45s, 50s, everything else. There's a reason they do that, it's because they live good. You can't be training, Manny Pacquiao, you know what I mean, eight and six week camps with Freddie Roach, because they come into camp fit. Yeah. It's the rage these days, and it has been for a long time with yeah. fighters in England, you know, piling on weight, crashing it off, it's no good. You know, you're a professional athlete, it's your job 24-7. Yeah. So, you know, pressure on weight in between fights is not a good thing. And the more you keep on it in between fights, the longer your career you're going to have. Yeah. Look at Liam Williams' last performance. Look at his last performance over 12 months. 
And you know, you could, I could sit here and say, yeah, you know, it's because I'm a fantastic coach and I've done this and I've tweaked. And I don't tweet anything. All I've said to Lee Williams is live your life right in between fights. You're a professional fighter. You fight on a Saturday. You're in the gym Monday. Or you're doing something for the week after the fight. You're training, yeah. keeping on it. That's where the biggest biggest improvements are going to be. Not for me telling him how to throw a left hook or a straight jab. Yeah. You understand? You know, it'd be great. Make everybody think what a great trainer I am. Yes. But it's the things that you're not doing right outside of the gym where you need to change. And it's the same with Kel, you know, just tweaking things. You've heard him, you know, people say to me, oh, you know, he's not cut corners this camp. You know, I'm not a trainer who lets fighters cut corners in the gym. Yeah. You might cut corners on the diet. You might cut corners with a rest and recovery. You might cut corners and be having a drink when they shouldn't be. They might be all the, that might be the corner cutting he's talking about. Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing now, Kel Book does not cut corners when he's training. Because if he did, he'd get beat up in that gym. Because there's plenty of people who take his head off in sparring, you know, beat him on a run. He's very competitive. So you've got to be on it when you come into that gym to train. Leads me to the next question as you uh, mentioned the weight there. The talk's always been, if a big fight at 147 prevails again, he will go down. Would you, as his coach, really strongly advise him not to go down anymore to 147? I think the only fight he's going to go down to 147 for is Khan. And, but is it, is it safe with, like you just said, obviously... It's safe against Khan, isn't it? Because Khan's finished, isn't it? Yeah. It's, 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 safe, it's a safe bet. For, for Kel, Kel can get to 147. It's not about getting to the 147. It's how you feel after you've got to 147 and you get back in the ring. Now, you know, you, you, when you get older, it's difficult to feel fantastic after making 147. But the point is, he will do it for Carl. Carl's not a killer anymore. You understand? It's different for different fighters. For young and uncle, you, you won't go down to 147 for them. You keep up 154, you might even move up to 160. Um, but for Khan, the fight that he wants, for the disadvantage it's going to give Kel to go down to 147, it's balanced out by how Khan is, and Khan is chinny. Yeah. So I'd take that chance, understand? I would take that chance, because there's more chance of Kel landing on him than him at, him at boxing Kel. Yeah. So yeah, good answer for Khan. Okay. Moving forward on this card, you've obviously got Kid Galahad as well against Marrero. He's a hard hitter, Marrero. Is there a certain tactical way, or are we just sticking with how uh, sorry, Kid always fights, um, keeping it tactical and, and, and uh, at range? Yeah, just, you know, we all just don't get hit. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, we avoid it, and that's what Kid Galahad's good at. And, you know, yeah, fair enough, he might be able to punch. We, we understand that. And the game is the game is hit, not get hit. That's the English style. So, you know, it is a tough fight for Kid Gallagher, we're not overlooking it at all, it's a, it's a very difficult fight. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what he's made of. Uh, moving forward, um, is the subject we were speaking about off camera then. Obviously, there's some news came out about even Garbo failing a certain stroke. Says, could, first of all, could you elaborate what the whole situation was to the fans that don't know and or have just seen a sentence or two? So, it's failed an out-of-competition drug test for what? Okay. That's a fail for I, that's what I'm asking. Like, no, literally, this, no, that's no. the thing. It came. That's what I'm saying. It came. I just wanted you to elaborate as a coach. Seen, but I've seen seen nobody knows what he's failed yeah. for. But there's been plenty of elaborations on it, haven't yeah. there? And nobody actually. I know where it is. Yeah. And the thing is, when it does come out, there's going to be a lot of silly people out there. Yeah. Because, you know, social media is great. For people to sound off, mm -hmm. you know, make their opinions. That's all right. But there's a lot of people out there with good reputations. Uh, making assumptions, and all it's going to do is I don't have to say anything because they'll make fools of themselves. Yeah. When it comes out, they'll just make fools of themselves, yeah. and that's what we need to do. Let the proper channels deal with it. Understand? There's only one kid in our gym who's ever failed a drug test, and that's Kid Galahad. Served. He got a two-year ban. 
and the ATM ones we got it reduced, that's it. Yeah. Forget Billy Joe's song, because that's a harder test. Yeah. Even Garbo, it'll be the same. Billy Joe Song has never had a ban, never stopped him from boxing. Mm. If you get banned in boxing for drug use, you get banned, you, sorry, if you fail a test in, in boxing for drug use, you get a ban. Yeah. Whether it's a year, two years, whatever, it's like you get a ban no matter what. So let's just see what happens with even God. But I'm just going to let it roll over, enjoy the comments, you know, say, let, let the people make fools of themselves. Yeah. Because I'm, I, I, I could I could tell you, but I'm not yeah. because it's down for his management to say what it is. Yeah. It's for them to make the same. I don't manage my training. Yeah. Understand? So it's funny because people are so misinformed. They don't understand just drug testing procedure. We have people coming to the gym all the time. UCAD, the top drug testing, you know, company. They come yeah. in any time. They can walk into the gym any time and randomly drug test anybody. And they do yeah. it all the time. And when I look at the comments on social media, it's almost like they don't think that happens. The top level fighters like Kel Brook, Kid Galahad, uh, Liam Williams, even Garbo, they, they come to your house, yeah. they come to the gym, they drug test on a regular on a regular basis. So it's very tight. And you know, it's a great it's a great way to be and people do fail tests. And you know, some people get big bands. What I will say is, you know, it was a Varda test what even Garbo was in. Canelo got a Varda test for Clem Butro. He got a six month ban. Yeah. If that had been a UCAD test, he would have got four years. Do you understand? Okay. That's how stupid it is. If that had been in England, Canelo would not be boxing now. Yeah? So have a think about that one. Yeah? Something that he got six months for. It's four years in England. Yeah. yeah. Realistically, nice bit of a little bit of a loophole there with all the testing in America. And when it's not your sanctioning body or your governing body like the border control dealing with it, and it's a sanctioning body, well they can make it what they want, they yeah. can make the ban whatever they want. A bit of a slap on the wrist. Don't work that way in England. Yeah. So, you know, people have got a big misunderstanding about how drug testing works. I think they think it's an easy one to evade or to duck and die. I can remember when the guy came into the gym to test Yvonne Gobble and Yvonne Gobble wasn't there. So I phoned him up and said, come down, is it, is it, is it, the test is he got to yeah. do the test, what's in your problem? Did this test? Yeah. He, he could, I could have just said he's not there. Yeah. They'd have gone. Yeah. Do you understand? But I phoned him up and said, come the drug test is here from Vardy. Yeah. yeah, no problem, walked in and did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, let's wait and see. And, you know, I am actually going to bring out my own version of Ingalls Pringles. We've got sour cream, we've got salt and vinegar, and we've got ready salted. So oh what I'm going to bring out is maybe some chilli flavour one. You know, add a bit of spice, because it's hilarious. it makes me laugh, it's hilarious. Listen, you, you held that conversation up um, on Twitter pretty well and, and defended it. Just want to ask you, though, d d can you understand why certain people would start getting a bit, yeah, you know, know judgmental on the I'll fact that there's been three fighters I'll in the last no, no, four years? No, I'll tell you exactly what. It's called ignorance. Okay. It's called ignorance. That's what it is. People are ignorant because they don't know. There hasn't been three people failed drug tests. There's been one. The World Anti-Doping Association is the governing body who controls all drug testing in the world for athletics, boxing, everything. VADA is just an agency what collects samples and reports it yeah. to the WBC. Because in America they don't have uniform testing like we do. Yeah. We go by the water rules, which are the strictest going. In competition is the day of the fight. Yeah? VADA, in competition, is when you start your camp. Well, camp's not a competition, but if you sign up to that contract, that's what you adhere to. 
in San? Yeah. Uh, so that's why Billy Joe Saunders, and that's why even Garbo will not get a ban. Yeah. They'll not get banned from boxing because they haven't actually done anything wrong. What they've done is they've just not stuck to the rules of the Vada contract, do you understand? Which just cancels the fight out. So there's only been one person, and people can speculate all they want. They can speculate all they want. It makes a difference. Yeah. Do you understand? Billy Joe Saunders failed on a cold medication. Yeah. Do you understand? And when it comes out with Ivan Garbo, because people are talking about performance enhancing drugs and steroids and all these things, it's a load of shit. Yeah. It's a load of shit. That's what it is. But people let him talk, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. He'll stand, he'll stand the test of time. Yeah. So nobody wants to talk about this. Everybody wants to be all hush hush and all, it must be this and it must be that. There's no. Boxing is one simple thing. You've got to be able to fight, you've got to be able to train. And that's all it comes down to. Right? But people like to think there's more to it than that, and there isn't. Right? They think it's all these magic pulls and potions. It's a lot of rubbish. Right? Look at Liam Williams. Liam Williams is drug tested like monthly after fights, before fights, and all of a sudden his performances have got a lot better since he comes to our gym. That's just because he's doing it better. Yeah. That's what it is. Most fighters don't want to live right, they don't want to train right, they want to cut corners. And as soon as anybody has a bit of success, it can't be because they're training hard, it's got to be somewhere else. Understand? That's where it is. So, yeah, let him get on with it. And, you know, uh, I'll, stand by, I'll stand by it. There's one person who failed the test, Kid Gallag. And I think if you look at my Twitter, which you will do, you can go on the UCAD website and you can see of all the people who've been banned. You can, you can bring up boxing and you'll never see Billy Joe Saunders on there and you won't see even Garbo on there. Yeah. And you won't even see Kid Gallagher because that was six years ago. So, you know, we'll keep going along. Um, we must be doing something right. We're having a lot of success. Uh, we've got the formula right. And, you know, let's just wait for Eve's management to, to put out the results and then you know, you can do a big retweet on me and go, ooh, you know. I thought Dominic Ingle was making his money from being a boxing trainer. Do you understand? And we'll all have a good laugh about it. We'll, uh... Hey, fight fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking the icon right here and also hit the bell button so that you can get alerts every time we upload a new video. Eddie Flexon here for seconds out, my old friend Josh Kelly. Josh, how you doing? What's happening, mate? I'm good. I'm all good. It's all new. Lovely surroundings. What do you make of it so far? Mate, it's quality. It's quality. It's a bit different from the spit and sawdust James, what you used to. But, uh, I like it, man. It's banyo. The place is, uh, it's got good vibe about it, man. Some good training went down already. And you're going to be moving in with Mick Conlon. Imminent move. What, what do you make of that? How's that come together? I mean, um, when we when we're in a hard camp we need to be through here so um, especially for this one i need to be uh, knuckled down so i'm choosing to move for you we might want to move in for the next eight weeks well we've been living together the last couple of weeks but we want to get a place now so it's gonna be good man he's he's a he's a, he's a good guy to be around he's a great character so we get on well it be a it could be serious it could be what <laughs> <laughs> no yeah Lots of banter and that, and uh, he's, uh, he's a taskmaster, so um, it'll be good, man. And I should ask, as we're talking about kind of home situation and stuff, how's the baby? I oh, mean, baby's great. I, I went back to see him this weekend. Um, I get to see him again this weekend, and then I think that'll be a while, a while until the fight, until I see him again. But he's good, man. And Mrs. Joe, another one as well. So it's all, it's all just, it's all uh, go now. Do you know what I mean? Um, 
she's had no rest and I have had no rest so clearly <laughs> I know it's a thing sure like she's, she's back at home doing that I'm here so it's like uh, 2020 seemed to just be like on the go so I can't wait man to get everything do you, do you know the, the sex? another little baby boy keep them coming we'll have a football team we'll have a you're giving her some trouble though aren't you you're going to leave her at home with it you're like generating boy after boy yeah, right. we'll, we'll have them all playing for Sunderland soon we'll have a little Sunderland football team knocking about it'll be good man might have a Premier League worthy team soon yeah? Oi, soon, soon you've got your athletic ability and hers to be fair <laughs> she, <laughs> they come out like her they'll be, they'll be a little skinny thing sure nah but um, it's, I just feel like blessed at the moment man feel good feel uh, class feel class it sounds like it's all going well and approaching probably your most important fight certainly your pro career so far obviously you had massive fights in the amateurs David Avanesian does this mean so much not necessarily because of the level he's at but more because of all the controversy contention surrounding the cancel date between the two of you originally I mean that con that, that contributed to the, this fight being bigger than what it was being in the the last time do you know what I mean um, and obviously like I've shown now, I've not, I'm not, I'm not, I never ever, I wasn't ever ever running away from the fight. I was generally ill, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, we'll put that, we'll put that to bed this time. And uh, like his last three performances have been great. So to get a look at that, he, he's now, he's now the booty favourite. I mean, I got no pressure on my shoulders, and everyone's seeing he's this monster. So just got to go in there and sort of do my thing and uh, get the win. Just to recap what happened the first time around, because we talked about this before when we did the interview for Boxing Monthly, I actually saw you on the week of the fight at the uh, workouts, and you didn't see him yourself. And I think I commented in the video to Adam Booth, have you been eating garlic? And we later found out that's because you were putting a lot of garlic in your system to ward off the, the illness that you had. And eventually you ended up pretty much like death warmed up and couldn't make the fight. It was, it was horrible, I mean, I have vitamins and whatever else, but I mean the thing what me and Adam talk about a lot is like the natural, the natural stuff out there working out to boost your immune system, and garlic's one of them. So, like you said, I was stunk of garlic, and you were saying who stinks of garlic? It's not me, Adam, but it's what was me. I, I, I was eating them raw and uh, trying to boost myself up. And when I when I made the weight, it just everything just come on top of us. It crashed, and I was just dead. And I was net, I was going in about 25% myself. But as I said, that's a pass now, and uh, we're here. We're a few more fights on, a little bit more experienced. Boxing Madison Square Gardens against Robinson, who's a very tough, experienced guy. And uh, I had another out in Phoenix. So I feel like I've uh, I've come on, I've learnt a lot, and I feel as like I'm in the best position now, emotionally, physically, mentally, to bring the best up myself on, on, the, on the fight day. All the talk from his team and from some fans out there as well about what happened and whether you were genuinely ill at the time and everything. How much did that get to you? I know fighters say they don't care, but you're quite a sensitive guy. Did it hurt a little bit? I don't, uh, fighters who say they don't care, they're talking, they're talking shit because it does it does eat at your pride a little bit because you're a fighter at the end of the day. What you want to do there is go and perform, do you know what I mean? You don't want anyone judging you like that, but at the end of the day, now it's, now it's past. I feel as though I've learnt a lot from that. I've become like a little bit more calloused and harder to the to the the bullshit and social media and all the talk and stuff. Do you know what I mean? End of the day, like it's just school kid stuff until you get in the ring. Do you know what I mean? It's all back and forth. But I like, I prefer to do what I want to do when I'm in the ring. I'm, I'm more of a quiet, more reserved guy outside the ring. But when I'm in the ring, I come alive. So and that's what the people per, that perceive my personality as. 
in the ring and they, they sort of think, ah, he's like that outside the ring. Well, it's two totally different things. You're going to a different zone when I'm in there, so he'll uh, hopefully bring the best out of us on the, on the night when we fight. Has he improved since the fight was first scheduled or is it more that he's dropped down a level since then? I don't know. I see what people... Um, I think I think he could, I think he has improved personally. I think he has. I mean, fighting him then, I didn't know he was as dangerous as he is now. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I mean, other people people have their opinions, but my opinion is he's a great fighter. He's a good fighter. He's a solid fighter. He's on that European. He's what he's been. He's been a world champion, a regular world champion. So he's, he's been there and done it. Do you know what I mean? And he's experienced. So all that taking consideration and taking consideration is my eleventh uh, or twelfth fight. Then you got to sort of think, I'm making a big jump again, do you know what I mean? So, I mean, I'm doing things what I wouldn't expect me to do when I first started my career, and I don't think a lot of people expect me to do this early on um, against the great opponents. Because, well, it's a stacked division from now on, even below now, even British level, it's stacked, do you know what I mean? So, it's not like a way you can get to that level and you sort of beat a couple of people and you're there and thereabouts. It's like you got to really push through. So, this should be a big turning point in my career. Uh, God willing, get the get the win. You obviously had the disappointing result last year against Ray Robinson. When you look back on that now, what things, if any, would you have changed? Apart from the result, obviously. Uh, um, probably, I probably trained a bit too long. I mean, I come uh, fought Ronowski at O2 when I felt like I was on fire then, and then um, I had a box Ray Robinson three weeks after or four weeks after. And all all in all, I think I was in camp for about training about 20, 21, 22 weeks, non-stop. And uh, I didn't give myself enough time off and enough break away from the gym, I think, and then uh, I'll come back. And um, it wasn't my fault, Adam's fault, anyone's fault. It was we wanted to be on that big Anthony Joshua undercard. Who wouldn't want to be on that? And uh, MGM, do you know what I mean? The kid from Sunderland, I'm like thinking, it's like the stadium lights, my my dream place to fight. But other than that, like MGM is like the one underneath, do you know what I mean? So I'm like, I go there and on my days. But after, say, four or five rounds, I didn't feel myself, but it, it might have been, it might have been the travel, it might have been everything, it might have been making the weight twice in a month, it might have been, it could have been all sort of things, so, I mean, it is what it is. I heard a lot of people say, like, them back-to-back -back fights are not, so, are, not, are not so good in a professional career because you make them weight, I made, well, I made weight twice in a month, and it's, it's, quite, it's quite hard, so, it is what it is, I guess, uh, I take experience from that. I thought I shaded the fight. To be fair, I thought I, I might have won. I thought we won the first four rounds, and then I, you've got to give us at least two of the last six. But it is what it is. Uh, do a lot of experience from that fight, and now it's put us in good stead for this one. Talking about this one, have you got a fixed date and venue yet? Um, I've heard the twentieth of March, but um, nothing's been totally confirmed yet. But when it gets confirmed, uh, I know. Uh, Eddie will be blasting all over the social media and whatever else, and I put I put a little date out there. But I'm I'm working hard. I've been working hard, so just, I want to enjoy this one because it's the first time I've been sort of a underdog, and everyone's writing us off. So listen, I can go in and enjoy it, and expect the unexpected from me. So eh. will it be up in the northeast? Um, I'm not too sure. I I mean um, I don't I've heard I've heard you too, but I'm just hearing things at the moment. But like. There's nowhere in Sunderland have it. There's only the the, um, the Newcastle, the place in Newcastle, the Metro Radio. So the next time uh, I want to go in the northeast, I want to give something back to Sunderland, where I'm from. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, it's Sunderland's come through Newcastle. A lot, a lot of the, the two tight knit communities on on nights out. The football is massive up there. Do you know what I mean? Me being a Sunderland fan, 
I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get the um, the sort of response I want. And the next time I wanna go up there I wanna I wanna do the stadium like I wanna feel somewhere like that and I mean that's a big ask but if I get past this hurdle then you never know what happened. Pay per views and world titles might open up and I want to go back there and give something to Sunderland fans become the first world champion from Sunderland, it'd be amazing. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you. If you do come through this test in styles you hope to, what where does that put you on the world scene? I mean, I know David's ranked like at least in the top 67 in every governing body. I mean, I'm number 13 in the WBC, and I don't know what WBA I'm up there somewhere. I mean, I put I put, I put there and thereabouts, and I know like because of because of social media and hype these days, people sort of take note of you a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? Which is it is what it is. That's that's what social media is there for. Do you know what I mean? If it was back in the old days, I'd still I'd still be fighting people and work my way there. Do you know what I mean? Which, respectively, I I think is the right way to do it. But if I win this fight, I might make some noise. Well, when I win this fight, but 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 it's going to be a tough one. But I because I, 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 I do rate David. Um, I'll make some noise and it get out there and hopefully people start recognising it. And never know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, could I, I could have a voluntary defence, or I, could, I mean, I'm not going to speak too soon because this fight is the most dangerous fight in my career. So for me, it's a big, big 50-50 fight. So I need to go in there and keep my mind switched on. After this, I'm not, I'm not thinking about after this. Only this exists for me. And when's the uh, second baby due? Second son? Me. So boxing and basically have, a, have another one. Um, yeah, so it's, you should be able to stay at home for a bit longer this time around. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think I'll have, a, I'll have a couple of weeks off this time around and definitely get to see him. I like last time like, the baby was born and I boxed a week after, so it was like mad. So hopefully this time, get that done. Uh, go back to the North East, see the lads in, in the uh, sunny city of Sunderland and get, get in uh, celebrate there a little bit, man. There is a beach in Sunderland, I mean. It is, mate. It is. You just need a bit of sun. It's, it, 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 I, I see it, my dad is freezing down here. It's like, it's nine, he goes, hey man, like, he says, down there, it's making you soft. I says, why is that? He says, up here, it's like three and four all the time, do you know what I mean? The, the, uh, it's cold up there, but listen, I, I, I love it when I go up there. It's, it's home, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Brilliant. Well, we wish you the very best of luck. We look forward to the fight date being confirmed. It'll be a great fight. Coogan Cassius for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We're here for the formal announcement of a huge fight April the 11th between Dubois and Joyce. Frank, finally it's on. It's on, we worked hard to get it together and you've got to admire the two guys for stepping up to the plate and fighting each other at this early stage of their careers. We were to assume that this fight was going to take place on April the 18th, Frank. What happened for it to change to April the 11th? Or was that always the date? That was always the date. Everybody was, that's why we're not said anything. Everybody's been putting his stuff out here, there and everywhere, but it's the 11th. How difficult was it to, we know obviously both fighters are under your banner, but how difficult was it to get this fight on? Well, you know, it, they both wanted to fight each other. It's just agreeing, you know, getting the terms sorted out. So that's what we've done. And we are where we are. So 
like all these things, you've got to work sometimes, you have to work a little bit harder to get them together. But they, they were, but they're both very confident, both of them fancy it big time. So we're, you know, I think the fans are going to be in for a treat now we've got it together. This fight is on BT Sport uh, box office. Yeah, your thoughts on that, Frank? Well, that's how we got it on. You know, it's an expensive fight. They're stepping up the plate very early in their career in a proper, meaningful fight. Um, and they've got to get well paid for it. It's fair to say that these fighters didn't really have to fight each other next, did they? There was other options on the table for them. Yeah, absolutely there was. There was other options. But they want to fight each other. And that's where we are. Any early indication of who could feature on the undercard here, Frank? No, we're working on the undercard. And it's, uh, it'll be a decent show, I promise you. There'll be some good fights on there. We saw, uh, obviously, Joe and uh, Daniel on Good Morning Britain and uh, I think the sleeping bag came out and we don't know what's going to happen. I know these are not notoriously known for their talking, but I think we might be pleasantly, uh, pleasantly surprised here. Yeah. You know, Daniel's maturing. I mean, you know, he is, I as I constantly bore people, he only had seven senior bouts. He's had 14 pro bouts. Um, he's a young man and he's, 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 I think he's handling himself and doing extremely well. And Joe's... Uh, Joe was quite vociferous, he was quite on the ball, so I think we're going to see, a, you know, especially when it gets nearer the fight, I think it's going to be quite interesting. I remember when you put on uh, the Gale Groves years ago and people saying, why are these guys fighting each other early? But they went on to have very good careers, both won both world won titles. So, yeah. World title before the, yeah. the winner. Absolutely. So, what, what, what does it mean for the loser in this fight, Frank? Oh, it's good. The loser's going to be gutted, isn't he? You know, that's what it's going to mean. But if he's got anything about him, and depending on how he loses, he's got to, he's got to get himself together and come back. We're definitely looking forward to it. April the 11th. Um, the O2. At the O2. Um, Frank, obviously, a couple of weeks away. Um, I was saying a couple of weeks away from Fury Wilder. I mean, it seems to have kind of crept around yeah. quick, and it will Another do now. Great heavyweight fight you know I mean when you look at it, we've got the best two young guys up up against each other and then you've got that fight on which is the best two heavyweights in the world fighting each other in a, in a rematch of a, a superb first fight so it's going to be I think it's going to be exciting I think it's going to be dramatic and I think we're going to see another side of Tyson it seems to have kind of obviously changed training teams now we're bringing in um Emmanuel Stewart's nephew and Ben Davidson's kind of moved the way but Fury seems to have kind of just kind of keeping his head down I know we've seen a few interviews from him but he seems to have gone out there and I don't know head seems to be a little bit more more focused this time Frank is that fair to say? Well he's, he's focused last time I think what it is with him you know he's, he's in training camp he's that's how seriously he's taken this he's got to be he's got to be 100% he's in with the, the biggest punching heavyweight in the last 30 years who any, you know, any second of a fight can produce a bomb and end the fight, which he's done continuously. You know, he's, just, he's a massive, massive big hitter. And Tyson's got, have, you know, got to have his, got to be 100% focus for this one. He had a couple of lapses the last fight, and and paid the price by by hit, by going on the floor twice. Um, but he showed what he is, what type of fighter he is by getting off the floor. Show what great chin he's got to get up off those from those big knockdowns. Um, Differences this time round, a couple of differences. One, he lost a lot of weight going into the last one. He had those two knockovers, having been out of the ring for what was it, nearly, nearly was it nearly three years, something like that. And he um, had uh, had to lose eleven stone in weight. That's very debilitating. This time round, he's not got to lose the weight. He's fit, 
he's raring, he's there to go. And uh, so he's on, he's on the money. And obviously he's got a different trainer. And, you know, a lot, lot's been made of that, but let's get it right. And I've said it a couple of weeks ago, and I think a few people picked up on it. You know, Ben done a brilliant job in Ben Davison, a fantastic job. But when, the, when he appointed him as trainer, everyone said, who's Ben Davison? Young kid, what's he done? You know, ben done a great job. So Tyson picks him and got it right. And he's decided now he needs to do what he's doing and picks a, another trainer, which he feels will add to his arsenal. So... I'm not going to argue with him. Frank, this year, obviously, as unpredictable as heavyweight boxing is, we don't kind of we know we're getting Wilder Fury, but past that, for the second part of the year, we don't know what fight's going to happen. Um, we saw some comments recently where Eddie Hearn suggested that a fight like Fury and Joshua, if that was to happen, could take place in Saudi Arabia. I'm sure you would have seen them comments, Frank. What did you think about that? Oh, yeah, take place where the money is. That's it. It won't be 60 40, 70 30, it'll be a 50 50 fight. Simple as that. You know, wherever wherever it takes place, if Tyson wants it, we'll make sure it happens. Ultimately, that's what's important, isn't it? Next fight, you know, irrespective of who wins and loses on the 22nd, the loser has the right to call for a rematch. So that's where he's at. AJ's got Pulev, then he's got to fight Usyk, so he's got to or vacate the belt. So he's got again in a position where he's got uh, two fights lined up. So if it does happen, it won't be until next November, unless somebody steps aside. I was going to say that that's kind of a little bit been underplayed. That there's the huge potential of a third fight, depending depending on how that second fight goes. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's contracted, so it's up to the loser if he wants it to call on it, call it. But first things first, <laughs> Feb 22nd, massive fight. It's a great fight, fans fight. You know, it's half as good as the last one, half as dramatic as the last one. It's still a great fight, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's just impossible to just kind of play it out in your head. You can play out every situation. I, 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 I just look at, I look at what you know, the two guys, what they bring to the party. You know, and Deontay, as I, you know, we all know, is a... You know, anyone knows he's a big puncher. He's not a great. He's not. He's not a, a fantastic boxer. In his last fight, he was getting outboxed again. Um, so he ain't going to outbox Tyson. He's going to have to knock him out. So you know that's what he's going to be looking to do. So that should be exciting. Frank, just kind of moving moving on. Um, is there a possibility that Anthony Yard could feature on this bill behind us? We will see. I'd like him to be on it. I'd like him to be on it. We'll see. Okay, fair enough. Um, Josh Warrington, what's what's the latest on Josh, Frank? Um, at the moment, nothing. You know, uh, trying, we were trying to put together a fight with Stevenson, but uh, nothing's going to happen with that till March. So, it is what it is. We saw some reports yesterday that Frampton and Herring could be done for Windsor Park in in June. Can you make any comment on that? Um, I'd like to see that happen in Windsor Park. We'll see again. We'll see what happens. But I'm assuming you're in talks to make that fight right now. Well, you know, if he fights in this country, then we're, you know, that's the deal. You know, but the top rank have got him for the States. And if he fights here, then we're in it. We, we do it, same as with Tyson. Did you watch the, the YouTube boxing uh, a week ago, Frank? What? The YouTube fight. Did you watch that? What one was that one? The one on the Zone Miami card uh, recently between two YouTubers. Did you watch it? 
I thought you watched all boxing, so. The one between who? Uh, the fight was between Jake Paul and Anise and Gibb. Jake Paul, who got beat by the... Oh, is that the brother? That's the brother of Logan Paul. Oh, right. Yeah, I only watch boxing, I told you. You said it. I watch all boxing. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, is I'll, go down, I'll go down the amateur club if I want to see that. If I, if I want to go and see that. I'm not talking about the amateurs, I'm talking about the novices if I want to go and see that. If I want to be entertained. Fair enough. What's the situation regarding uh, Liam Williams at the moment? Obviously, we saw Andrade beat Lukina recently, but what is his situation regarding that? He, I believe he'll fight for a world title before June. That's what we're again we're working on. It's a good, good for Liam's, uh, Liam Williams, obviously. He, yeah. he can win it. I mean, he's he, you know he's very comfortable, isn't he, at that weight? And, he, and his last performance was a superb performance. You know, he boxed so well. It's, you know, I thought it's probably one of the performances of the night. We look forward to that. Well, Frank, we should have a, a longer in-depth catch-up next week because we know the, the press conference. We've got lots of things to talk about. We haven't had a sit-down in quite a while, Frank, you know. So let's... The biscuits run dry in your office, Frank. That's what it was. And I've got, I've got you some of them old hardtack ones that the old sailors used to have when they go when they go on, in, on the old voyages. I've got you some of them, don't worry. And got a special mug. Yeah, I've got, always got a special mug there. The one I keep my teeth in at night. Frank, just to finish off, yeah, like I said, get your tickets now from uh, the ticket website's actually behind you, ticket, uh, strokeaccess.com. Um, great fight, April 11th. Tune in, be Superb. there. Superb. Two guys, you know, who are getting it on, are showing no concern about or fear about losing, losing the fight. They both fancy it big time. And, it, and, it, and I honestly, I don't think it's going to go the distance. Not with these two knockout merchants. Have you, uh, have you got, are you backing anyone in this, Frank, or are you sitting on the fence with this one? I'm going to sit. Am I sitting on the fence? No. I'm backing Daniel Dubois. That's why I made it. Fair enough, fair and, enough. And, and Joe's a lovely fellow. We promote him. So me and Sam Jones, we, uh, he keeps telling me what he thinks is going to happen, so we'll see. One of us is going to be wrong, that's for sure. He reckons he's going to throw a table at you today, Sam Jones. You better be able to run. We look forward to this press conference anyway. Frank Warren, thank you very much to IFL TV. And uh, yeah, we'll have a catch up next week. We will do that. All the best. Thank you. Gold Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour, February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions, the host of UK. This is Ryan Elliott for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. We're in London today, announcement of a monster heavyweight fight. Before we get down to boxing talk, Frank Warren, how are you? I'm good, yourself? Very good, thank you for asking. As mentioned, we are here for the announcement of a huge domestic heavyweight clash, Joe Joyce, Daniel Dubois. Treat for the fans, Frank. It's a great fight. You know, two undefeated fighters, they're fighting each other very early stages of their career. So it's a big risk fight for one of them, or both of them, but certainly for one of them, the loser. So. Uh, you know, it's, this is what boxing is all about, the best fighting the best. And these are the two best prospects in 
not in, not in Britain, in the heavyweight, I believe, in the heavyweight division. Now, as you mentioned, Frank, it is a big risk for both. Both of these guys, with the talent they've got and the records they're sort of amassing, could have been manoeuvred in a more comfortable way towards the top. How much credit do both men need to get for stepping up and taking this fight at this time? They deserve everybody's, everybody's uh, applause for it. You know, for them to go and do that, as I say, at such an early stage of their professional careers, says a lot about both of them. Obviously, we've seen them doing the media rounds this morning. I saw them on television. Daniel sort of came out of shell a bit. Do you think we're seeing him sort of blossom and come out of his shell? Because I've seen him saying, bring your sleeping bag, you're going to sleep, things like that. It seems yeah, like he was enjoying it. I'll be honest, he, he sort of shocked me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, uh, yeah, he's, 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 he's enjoying himself. You know, Joe And Joe as well. I mean, they're not sort of vociferous, you know, Jack the Loud heavyweights, are they? But they both, you know, they both found their voices today. And uh, I'm pleased with that. It's good for them. What does a win do for whoever comes out victorious, obviously, in such a high-profile fight? Two guys that are sort of on the cusp of getting that top-top tier. Does this catapult the winner right into the mix? I think the winner of this will become a mandatory challenger in one of the governing bodies. You know, Daniel's number three now in the WBO. He's at the higher up. There's a WBC silver belt. We all know where that got, uh, if it just a couple of fights ago. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, my brain's got a minute. White, Dillian White, he was the WBC silver belt, belt champion. And I think that got him into a one spot. So, as I say, the winner of this should, with a bit of luck, become the mandatory challenger by the end of the year, once the guys are sorted out, once Tyson's sorted out Wilder, and once um, Anthony Josh has got rid of his couple of mandatories, they're going to have a, yet again have to fight one of the, fight one, fight the winner of this fight. Now, style-wise, I don't want to jinx it at all, Frank, but on paper, it looks like we can only get a fan-friendly fight. Is that what you're expecting, fight the air candidate? I, I genuinely think it would. You see, I don't, in any shape or form, think this is a distance fight. Mm-hmm. I think that they, were both, they both throw bombs. They got only, they've only ever, ever gone the distance each once. All the rest of the fights have been knockouts and spectacular knockouts, some of them. So I think it's going to be bombs away. I think we're going to see something extra special. You know, seek and destroy, we called the show and that's what it'll be. They'll be seeking each other and looking to destroy. I've no doubt the phone's already ringing from loads of your young charges looking to get on this bill at the O2. Can we expect a lot of good young talent on the undercard? Any names we should look out for? Yeah, we're working on that. We'll give that announce that in due course, but it's going to be a, it will be a good undercard. There'll be some good fighters on the undercard. Now, obviously, this last has landed on BT Sport pay-per-view just to go on that whose decision was that was that decision of yourselves the broadcaster I think it's everybody you know you said something quite significant you know these two boxers stepping up to the plate they've got stepped up to the plate but they're not fighting for nothing they're putting their careers on the line early you know very early stage of their career and they've got to get paid for it and get well paid for it so that's why it's a pay-per-view fight it's not like we do you know loads and loads of pay-per-views shows and that's not our philosophy you know sometimes you have to make a pay-per-view show to enable to get it on to justify the uh the cost and the cost and the uh, and obviously the boxers purses you know our, our commitment our main commitment is to the subscribers and we've shown that uh, many times over the last few years since we've been with ET. Obviously, nobody can deny the magnitude of this matchup. It looks a fantastic fight on paper. Is that what you just said there? What you would say to that segment of boxing fans that would complain about it being pay per view? Well, look, you know, I can't force anybody to buy it. It, it is what it is, but it is a pay per view. This is a pay per view fight. You know, if Chisora and Dillian White are a pay per view fight, this is a pay per view fight. And I've seen some other pay per view fights. This it is what it is. 
Just to touch on a couple other things, Frank. Obviously, Daniel's here today. It's been a good week for the Dubois family. Caroline, as well as up in Sheffield, for the announcement of the Team GB Olympic squad. Unbelievable talent. Never had a senior fight and has made the team to go to the qualifiers next month ahead of Tokyo 2020. Do you think we're seeing the, the sort of beginning of a, one of the great sporting families from Britain? I think this is going to be a... I, think, I hope it was, and I believe it will be. This is going to be a dynasty. I think that you know, the Dubois dynasty is going to be around for a long while. Remember, you've got Young Prince and there's others coming through. It's, it's brilliant. Now, obviously, you've got the show February 22nd at your call. Just wanted to touch on that. We've got Cody Davis, Umar Sadiq. We've got Foster Reed 2 as well. Talking about that show, Frank. Two matchups I just mentioned there. Yeah. Top domestic matchups. I mean, they're real good, as you say, domestic bang-ups, the, the both of them. I mean, they're, they're, no one can complain about those. Uh, it's, I think it's more or less sold out anyway already, you know, your call. And it's, uh, and it's, it, you know, I think the fans will get value of money, value for money on a show that's going to lead into the big one from Vegas with uh, our man against Wilder. You touch on your man against Wilder, so we'll go there next. Tyson Fury, not long to go out. I'm going to be going out to Vegas to watch that. Tyson came out on the press conference and said he and Sugar Hill are working on the right hand. He's looking for the knockout. He says two rounds. Do you believe him, Frank? I do. I, I, I think when you look back to the last fight, he got off the floor with a bad knockdown. And by the end of the round, he had Wilder all over the place. He's more than capable of doing it. What I like about it this time, and I'm not going to take anything away from Deontay Wilder. One thing Deontay Wilder is, he's an explosive puncher. Catch you any, you know, you've got to be, have your wits about you, you've got to be focused for every second of the round. You've seen him time and time again pull that bomb out, being behind. He's not going to outbox Tyson. He's got to knock Tyson out. He's not going to outbox him. And what everybody, I hope, uh, what they're forgetting about is that Tyson, for the first fight, he had two, you know, fairly easy jobs. He'd been out of the ring for a long time, had a lot of problems. He had to lose 11 stone in weight. And even for the Wilder fight, he was training to make weight. He's not training to make weight there. He's training for fights, for the fight. Now, a couple of other fighters I just wanted to get your thoughts on. Uh, Josh Warrington, we expect him to face Shakur Stevenson in the summer. Shakur has announced a fight for March. Does that, that, does that affect in any way a fight that may go ahead in Elden Road? I think I'll see what happens after Shakur's fight in March. And the last one, Carl Frampton, Jamal Heron, rumoured to be June, another big stadium fight. Frank, any update you can give us on that? Um, I think there'll be an announcement soon on that, and uh, everybody's working on it to try and get it sorted out, but we'll see what happens. But we're all working hard to see, to, to see if we can do it. We'll see where we go with it. And final, final one, Frank. I'll leave the last plug to you, Daniel Dubois, Joe Joyce. We've got the press conference about to start. Why should people tune in? Because it's going to be an explosive explosive fight between two KO merchants. Bombs away. Frank, thank you for your time as always. See you soon.